welcome everyone to another episode of Weekly Games Chat. I'm your host Chris. As always, joined by my co-host Sean. Sean? 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 Sean! Where is he? Dang it, we is left he? Sean at the, at the Is he under the table again? again? Why'd you leave him again? Yeah. You have one job every week. Bring job. Sean. Just bring us Sean. Sean, unfortunately, had a bunch of family issues pop up. He had to adult this evening. Yeah, you know, like pretty much the last <laughs> couple of days, he's been at home adulting, just trying to find a way to make things work. Um, you think he's lying? He's probably faking it. He's probably jamming. No, he's, he's been, probably playing WoW as we speak. He's been playing WoW. No, no, don't get that wrong. <laughs> don't get it twisted. Like, as I've been working at home, because I, I'm currently without a cube right now, it's, it's in theory being built. It's supposed to be done tomorrow, but... Are they My pushing boss. you guys over to another area of the of the okay, floor? Okay, so you know where like For where where Tony is going to, mm-hmm. right? Yep. That area behind there, we're being staged in there while they redo our whole entire other area where everyone will go to. Gotcha. And we're supposed to be there for like a couple months. I have a feeling it'll be to the end of the year at this nice, rate. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they they were supposed to be doing this breakdown and, and moving us, and it was. It started last week at this time on Tuesday, and it was supposed to be done by yesterday. And then we got a message from my manager yesterday. It's not going to be done until Wednesday. And then uh, we had a meeting this morning. He's His cube, at least, is built. And he's just in there and looking around. He's like, yeah, I wouldn't bank on you guys having to come in Thursday either. So he'll so, enjoy the peace and quiet. Yeah. <laughs> um, did Sean get on last night? Uh, yeah, he did for a little bit. He did. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I was playing the PC games on the stream. Uh, heads up, I, I saw think faster than light. Was I met? Did I FTL? Yep. Okay. A classic game, and I played that. I played a little bit of a total battle or total real battle simulator, which is in completely not realistic in any way, but it's great. <laughs> it's like a physics based thing where you just put a bunch of units and see what happens. So you played some random stuff last night. I did. Yeah. I didn't want to, I figured I'd give my PC a little bit of love. Plus I also want to test it out, see how I was going to do. Speaking of streams though. Um, yeah, we do do a Twitch stream usually every Monday night, 8 PM in case you are somehow unaware at this point next week, that stream will be moved to Tuesday night. For obvious reasons, because Sean will be here and John will be here Monday night because we need to record on Monday because of our scenarios oh, of the week. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, I am not going to record from five thirty to seven thirty, and then <laughs> and then like thirty minutes, like basically have to run to Wendy's and come back and like eat on <laughs> on here as I'm like, oh, welcome to Dave Jackson. Let's play some division. <laughs> Dave's gone. Let's do it. <laughs> hey, if you play Division, I'm down. Yeah. Um, I've been sort of, since Thursday night, I've been sort of in a video game detox. Mm-hmm. Um, you Those know. are nice. Yeah. I'm, uh, I've kind of made Sunday that a little bit for me lately. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of times I get to Sunday and I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to use Sunday to, like, like if there's a show on Netflix or whatever, I just want to binge, right? Like, that's when I'll do it, as opposed to uh, just playing all weekend long <laughs> well thursday night my last time my last night playing uh i got on with with uh jeff and kevin for division two and they and they got me up to uh i think level 
tier level three. Yeah, like because they can they can go ahead and like just drop you high tier stuff, can't they? Yeah, they they can, and they got me up to a um, a five hundred level weaponry and armor sets, things like that. So shout out to them; they really helped me out. So yeah, uh, if you guys team up with me on any other night, it might not be I'm, fun no, for I'm y'all. Not, I'm not tearing. I'm not teaming up with you. I'm, I'm, whenever I hit level thirty, I'm going straight to Jeff and Kevin because I'm be like you. You owe me. Give me things. <laughs> Friendship. No, I just meant for the Monday. Oh, night. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Um, but it didn't seem to be that bad the last time we played. No. No. I don't know how it would be now. Um, who knows? Though I'm sure next week if we're doing a stream, it'll probably just be uh, days gone. I would I would be amazed if that's not what we would be streaming at that point. Um, but yeah, you know, fun week. I... I, I I do like, though, uh, speaking of that with Division, I do like the fact that when you play that, that they made that possible for people. When they hit endgame, that if you have friends who have grinded to higher levels, and sure, they did the real work and all that, like they can help you out immediately to get you there. Because I think the problem with a lot of these games is is that they have this idea that like they want to design it so it's such a grind so that basically this game is your only game in life. And that's not really the way it works for, I'd say, 95% of gamers. Most of us are fluid. We, we well, go, we jump around to other things. We play something for a while. And then once we get tired of it, we move on to the next thing. Um, uh, Division's got me hooked. And that's the yeah. problem. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. It's like I've given up on Sekiro. I'm Sekiro. To each his own. <laughs> I'm going to trade it in. You know, it's not that I didn't like it or sure. anything, but. I mean, you like easy games. I get it. Yeah, you like it when I, people just you I get like level easy, thirty and they give you tier like, five stuff. I like easy games. Um, Yoshi's Crafted World is my is my Dark Souls. <laughs> so, well, you could get on PC and do that thing that everyone's been doing to basically enact uh, easy mode in that game. Have you seen that on Sekiro? Yeah. No, I haven't seen that. So there's a PC mod out there for it that basically allows you to, one, control the speed of Sekiro himself, right? You know, the wolf. uh, And speed that up while also then slowing down the speed of the enemies. So, like, you just have this guy slowly bringing an axe around and, like, in that time period like Sekiro does like eight hits on him <laughs> and then blocks it perfectly you know so it's that would be so wild yeah so they're like that's the easy mode out there well they're on it. they're releasing an update or a patch to kind of calm down the bull a yeah. little bit there was something I saw yeah like they're they're trying what I read today I haven't I didn't read the article I just read the headline and it said basically you know they're making it so that you have to get a little bit more creative or to encourage you to be a little bit more creative in what you're doing as far as design, which might mean making it easier in the sense like more things work and can do damage against certain enemies. I wonder. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Could be. Well, you, as you and I are speaking, mm-hmm. the embargo has lifted. For days gone? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I think, for Mortal I think, Kombat I think, 11? I think the embargo is lifting on Thursday for that game, for, for Days Gone. Yeah, I think it's like 8 a.m. Thursday. Yeah, but no. Doesn't uh, surprise me. Um, in-game, Avengers in-game, has, it looks like everybody's liking it okay. Yeah. I haven't seen a... Never never forget, though, John, they also told you that Last Jedi was a masterpiece, and I was the only one who walked out of the theater agreeing with that. Yep. So. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're absolutely right. So, by... Uh, 
by definition, you were wrong. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see, like, I, let's put it this way. Like, this weekend is, I think, in pop culture stuff, right, is probably going to be the biggest weekend for, like, you know, fandoms, right? Because of a video game? Well, no, no, no. Okay. Day's gone now. No, no, okay. not that. But, yeah. like, like you have you have Endgame on, on Thursday. How are you talking about Game of Thrones? And then, yeah, Game of Thrones, like, while even though it's not the end of the the show yet and it's not the premiere the premiere was two weeks ago um which it's been great uh but like the moment we've been waiting for in this season is 99.9 percent coming <laughs> like you know because they've been talking about this for a while and like apparently what this next episode took them like 55 days to film it and it's supposedly going to be the largest singular battle scene ever captured on film either tv or uh movies like i think they said before that like the largest was or the longest and biggest was helm's deep and the the, uh the two towers which that was pretty epic yeah uh so you know people are kind of just like you know chomping at the bit like how's this gonna go you know thought that all over a decade later a television show would top that you know yeah not not a movie but a television show true it's pretty incredible Shows you how uh, dedicated those people have been to uh, making that show. Yeah, it's almost and, like, and, and it's the same way. Like Tolkien, or I'm sorry, Tolkien Jackson, Peter Jackson was yeah. with, uh, with when he did those movies. You know, mm-hmm. they they meant a lot to him, so he made sure to get them right. But yeah, I think like of the thing, like I'm going into this weekend personally, and like that's the thing I'm more interested in, just because <gasps> I feel like I don't know what the hell is going to happen in that versus while I don't know what's going to happen, of course, like the specifics of what's going to happen in Endgame, there are certain parts of reality that I'm like, just because it's a franchise and it's... Yeah, Ant-Man's going to go up Thanos' butthole. Yeah, yeah. We know this. It's like... If it doesn't happen, I'm walking out of the it, theater. I hope it happens. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just logistics, right? Like, you know, of course, everyone knows the snap now, and that's cool, but it's like... I also watched a far, uh, far from home trailer this week. And I've, you know, I, I look at movie release schedules and things like that. So, you know, there's certain parameters where while I might not know what's exactly going to happen, I, there's no part of me thinking like, right, that everyone is who died the last movie is remaining dead. If they do that, so I will be, I will stand and applaud them because so I would be die? for good. Yeah. Uh, part of me has been saying Captain America, but in retrospect now, I want to begin to say it could very well be like Iron Man or Thor. No, not Thor, because no, Thor, they're Thor. already talking about there's going to be another one, possibly. So I guess like the theory is Iron, Iron Man becomes mm-hmm. the Nick Fury type person. Yeah. In a sense. I could see Iron Man dying. I could see like Clint dying. Um, Hawkeye, whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. I guess in theory, I could see uh, Black Widow dying. Yeah, I've heard they, um, they're doing movies with her. Yeah, they yeah. could be prequels, but very true because you could always, yeah, you could do a Black Widow movie of her yeah. back when she was an assassin and coming over to being with Nick Fury. Right? So if everybody seems to believe that it's going to be Cap, and so if it's Cap, here's how I want him to die. <laughs> All right, I want him to. Deal the final death blow to Thanos. Ooh. But how he does it is he grabs Molnir okay. in the process. Or what is it? 
uh, Stormbreaker, I guess is the, is what he's using now. Just kind of give that, you know, epic send off to, mm. to Captain America, because it's almost like they alluded to it in Age of Ultron when they're in, in the lounge and they're all trying yeah, to pick up the hammer. Yeah, he tried to pull it up and he almost got it. And Thor got really nervous when Captain America <laughs> grabbed the hold of Molnir. So that would be a cool way for him to end. I, I obviously, Cap is my but favorite John, character Molnir and I don't want to, him to die, but. But, but John, Molnir got destroyed. Well, that's what I said. Stormbreaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Stormbreaker. Okay. That's true. But there are also rumors that they're reforging it. I don't know. So. I have, I've kind of, for the most part, I've tried to stay dark. You know, I've watched the trailers and all that, and I've kind of read a few hypotheses. But outside of discussing well, with friends, that's about it. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris is one of those guys who didn't used to always stay dark. I think, I think Chris read online the leak spoilers for the last episode of lost i did i could not resist I, he man. just couldn't help it i could not so i figured uh, i figured you'd be the guy that's going online trying to hunt down all the all the leaks uh no if i was going to do that look i might have <laughs> been the person this past week when i found out that the second episode of game of thrones put, got leaked early that i found any way possible to watch that <laughs> so okay <laughs> and then i watched it again for legit reasons <laughs> that night but you know <laughs> It didn't matter. It was that. That's where I think my my attention is. Like I'd probably be more. Um, I'm thinking of things like, for instance, I guess like if someone said like, by the way, we here's leaks concerning the first season of The Witcher. I'd be like, ooh, that would probably be more up my alley right now. So who you yeah. who who you seeing Avengers with? Uh, Tony, mm-hmm. and I'm sure I'm sure I think Aaron's going to be there too. Okay. I'm going to the ten o'clock show because I just I I I figured I figured Are you going getting, to IMAX. Yeah, I figured getting a ticket was going to be hopeless. Sure, but I checked and there were some tickets available, <clears throat> and I was like, I just I can't not go to this movie mm-hmm. without a big crowd. This is too big of a movie for me personally. Uh, so I, me and Casey. Are going? Oh, okay. So we'll good. Go well, I'll make sure to spoil it for you when. Yeah, you're gonna out. walk out. <laughs> John Cap, Cap, <laughs> you died. You're gonna drop to your knees and just yell out, Cap, Darth Vader, <laughs> Darth Vader. <laughs> Thanos is Vader. Anyway, I'm 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 so excited. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's a nice release after like uh, ten years. Yeah. And it's like weird because again, both these things, it's everyone forgets. Like they are both been around for ten years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so and like, I was telling you prior to the prior to hitting hitting the record or record button that um, I kind of part of me wanted to stop watching the movies after hmm. after this one. And you said, "What about Far From Home?" I went, "Dang it!" Yeah, <laughs> here we go again. I think the harder part. Can't do it. Like, it depends what they do next. That's that's probably going to be what it is. Like, we're all saying, like, I've heard that from multiple people. Because it is, like, I don't know if I could fully invest the way I have and anyone else has, like, over the last, you know, like, well, I definitely got to go see Doctor Strange. Not because I love Doctor Strange, but because I have to know what how it ties to the MCU, you yeah. know, those kinds of things. Um, but on the other hand, like, I, I also tell myself, I'm like, they just acquired fantastic four and x-men um so you kind of look and you say you know what they have all those properties back now 
and yeah. they can bring those things in. And you know what? If they're going to do a new X-Men that's tied into the MCU or even more so actually do Fantastic Four in a way that finally feels realized and delivered, you yeah. know. Well, they did say Feige said that X-Men is not part of the next phase. I don't know how long the next phase is. So, you know, it's it's not a I mean, they're definitely going to put X-Men in there at some point for sure. But he didn't rule out Fantastic Four. And yeah, Fantastic would, Four would and be I'm perfect. Just, everybody just wants somebody to do Fantastic Four justice. For sure. For sure. For sure. They should bring back Michael P. Jordan again. Anyway. And be like, <laughs> you finally get the film you deserve. <laughs> you but don't have to be the bad guy anymore, Michael. You can't be two people in the MCU. It doesn't work. Oh, yeah? He's Killmonger. He did. Life he uh, 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 finds a <laughs> way. Finds a way. Yeah. But this is an episode about games, right? Yeah, I guess it is. So, yeah. Sean, you got anything? Sean? Oh, sorry, Sean. It's NPR week here, it's at, NPR uh, week. as we call it. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, uh, should we uh, uh, go to the topic? Uh, this is going to be the shortest intro in like three months, I think. But sure, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Topic time, 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 time. The topic is Katana Zero. That's not a bad starting place for that, by the <laughs> not way. Not a bad starting place. Well, you said 93. Yeah, I so know. You're, you're already screwed. <laughs> you're like, ah. So uh, Katana Zero, I got to tell you, you showed yeah. me the trailer last week, and I'm like, yeah, I want to try this game for sure. I was streaming it Thursday, and Sean was in the uh, stream, and, and he even kept commenting. He was like, John probably would like this. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. I was like, maybe he would. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. This came out last Thursday on the old Switch, and I think it also came out on PS4, um, Xbox One. I could be wrong on that. And PC. Uh, I played on Switch. I was like, why not? There you go. <laughs> My buddy. I was like, because I was like, you know, this this had the potential to be um to be a poop game, and it is. <laughs> so you know what that means? Hold on here. <laughs> I have to do it, right? Don't we have to play it? If you do. it is, yeah. So you know I'm just saying it's time <laughs> now for poop games. We talk about poop games. They're games you play while you poop. Let's talk about poop games. It really is the best thing I think I've ever made. Even if it's unfortunately my voice doing that. No, your voice is so sultry. Yeah. I tried to keep it. I'm not. I am not a great singer, but I. I and you can keep recorded it this on the pooper, right? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Well, Just else? making sure. How else do you think you can record something like that? It's got to be authentic. Yeah. <clears throat> got to make it genuine. So if you insist that this is a poop game, it's a poop game mainly because um, I, I will it's, say it's, it's I not did a not... poop game on the PlayStation Four. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, it was a, It's a poop game in the sense that you know, while I did not play it mobily. Um, just cause I didn't have a reason to really like, it is a good game that with each level that you're going through, or I should say subsection of a level. Cause like a level itself is multiple sections. Each one of those subsections, like you could 
pick up and play for, you know, five minutes and then put it down and come back and, and continue. It's, it's that kind of game. Uh, but the idea here is that you are a nameless sword fighter who seems to have a very broken and confusing history that is, uh, you know, very mysterious at the start of the game. And you are a guy who wears a, a, a bathrobe. And has a samurai sword. Yes. And you, apparently with that samurai sword, are very good at murdering people. <laughs> in a bathrobe. In a bathrobe, yeah. Like everyone consistently makes jokes. It's like, hey, man, that's a nice bathrobe you got on. <laughs> um, but uh, it is this game where basically you're, you're, you're being hired or you're hired by this company to go on missions and terminate people. And like you'll always get a dossier and it will tell you about who the subject is. Um, and if there's any parameters to what is going on. So like there are a couple of them, which I think are kind of, I don't enjoy the missions as much as, as the other ones, but there are like, there are a couple of stealth missions in this, like where it's like, don't get detected. Oh, um, yeah, <laughs> not so great. Um, it, it's fine. It, it's just very basic. Mm -hmm. What it is, I mean, it's not really a stealth game, right? It's sure. more of just like a, like stealth to them is basically, if there's a crowd and the guy who has a vision and you can clearly see the, you know, the cone of light, right. Mm -hmm. That would detect you. Okay. You just, you, you stop and then you'll see your guy blend into the background. Okay. Uh, and then once he turns around, you know, you run past him. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you'll have those versus other missions where it's like, you not only need to kill this person, you also need to kill literally anyone in that building. There can be no survivors type thing. Uh, which those are fun, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you get sent on missions, um, and they have expectations that the company that you work for have expectations and they will tell you if they're pleased or not pleased as you go on these. Uh, but the big kicker is that before you go on those missions, you're, you are also seeing, I guess what would best be described as a psychi psychiatrist before the start that works for the company. And he kind of goes over, like your dreams about like if there are things related to your past or, you know, <clears throat> how did it make you feel what you were doing in this mission <laughs> stuff like that. And at the end, he always gives you an injection of a drug. Okay. Um, and it's kind of suggested pretty early on that this drug gives you a certain ability that is better, makes you tactically better than most of your enemies, which is that you can slow down time to kind of judge things. And that's very important in this game because it is in the vein of things like super meat boy or, um, Celeste. I'm trying to think of better ones that are not platformers, but it's that thing of you must be perfect. Like you take one hit of damage, you're dead. It doesn't matter if it's a guy punching you or a guy shooting you or a bomb, you know, whatever. If you get hit, you're dead, you know, it's over. Right. Okay. Um, so uh, as well, is life. <laughs> yeah. Well, outside, maybe like one thing, there is one thing like where you can get caught and like, they'll knock you down because it just timed it. Right. Sure. And if you just, if you're very quick, you could maybe get out of that, but even then they're just going to shoot you right afterwards. So sure. it's still a death. Okay. Um, but yeah, you go through, you know, like, so you'll have a, uh, one of the early stages is like, you're going through a hotel and you're going up levels. And every level has, you know, guards and things like that. And you have to kind of approach how do you go in and tactically take these people out? 
uh, without getting shot, right? It's kind of seems simple enough starting out, uh, but they start to up it as you keep going. So now it's like, at first it might just be a goon that punches you. Now there's a goon that like does have a sword. So you have to like kind of time to make sure you get right when he's going to hit you with a sword. Then you get a guy with a pistol does one shot at a time. Then you get people with shotguns that have spread damage. So just like uh, dodging one thing is, is there, <laughs> but you know, you have all these other bullets, fragments that could still yeah. hit you. Uh, you get people with AK. So like, you know, you have to be ready for multiple bullets at once. Uh, and then to finally like just really high level, crazy stuff that I won't spoil here. Um, but, <laughs> Uh, the way you get by this, you're, so you're saying like, okay, so you can slow down time. Does it just mean that you're all powerful, you know, because of that? Like, is you just consistently slow down time and, and you can basically kill everyone before they do anything? No, not that kind of game. That's actually one of the better parts of this game is that when you play it, even though you have this slow down ability, you have very limited use of it. So it is great for learning timings of things. Um, but it feels more like of a fail safe for yourself in bad scenarios than it is just a, a like consistent abuse type property, right? You know, it's not, you're not going to spam this. There's no way to spam it. Uh, so the other technique you have to get used to and master is your roll ability. And whenever you roll, it makes you immune. So, you know, you have to learn how to time the gunshot blast because, you know, you can't, you know, reflect every single bullet that's coming at you with that. Uh, so you have to instead know how to roll past that and then hit the guy before he has another chance to fire you again. Uh, and that starts off simple again. <laughs> <laughs> but when you start to say like, okay, I have to think about who I roll and take out first. Like you have to think of your order and how you're going to attack this. So this is not just a hack and slash. No, no, it is not. Like it's definitely, you want to be aggressive, but it is learning timing of things to be perfect, uh, perfect while you're aggressive. So it's a side scrolling Sakura. <laughs> a little bit, but not, but nowhere near, to be fair, nowhere near as demanding. Like there's yeah. no, like there's maybe a, a handful of boss fights in this game um and they're cool um but like even then they have checkpoints in them and you can kind of figure out what's going on right uh so the question is like so what happens when you die well the trick is is that you don't die what's happening is it's when, like the five-year plan yeah <laughs> what what's happening is that basically what is really going on is that this is all going on through a vcr recording that basically the company is monitoring because they're monitoring your process. So at first, when you go through and you die, you don't make it through a level. It will say, no, that doesn't work. Like basically they're, it's evaluating what your strategy is going to be when you go into each one of these scenarios. And then finally, when you get through the level, it'll say, yep, that'll do. And it will go back and it will show you a VCR recording of your run through, which is cool too, because if you've had to slow down to do really cool things, you now see them at full speed. So you just, you feel completely BA, you know, you get that sense of like what it looks like in real life. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting and fun. Like towards the middle of the game, like when you start getting like throwable objects, things like that. Right. And you're thinking, okay, I'm going to chuck, 
I'm going to chuck this cleaver at this guy's head at the top of the stairs. And then this guy's going to come over and be like, what the hell just happened to him? And as he's doing that, I'm going to roll up and slice him in half (laughs) just long enough to hit the slow-mo button because the guy's going to kick through the door hearing all this commotion and fire a bullet at me, which I will reflect back with my sword to his head and make him explode. And then I will pick up this... uh, Moktov cocktail and throw into the next room, which is lined with barrels of gasoline and take out the three people that are starting to rush my way. Like when you start to go through that kind of craziness, you just, when you finally hit it, you feel so BA. Like you Very just, nice. it, it feels so rewarding to go through. Uh, plus Sean's in the game. Apparently there's a level where you have to go kill a DJ <laughs> <laughs> and his name is like DJ Electrohead, and it's Sean. Like when he was watching, that was when I hooked him in. Um, because I will say while it does not play like it, I think a lot of people, when they fire this game up, the first thing that's probably going to pop in their mind aesthetically into both look, uh, and sound is going to be hotline Miami mm-hmm. because it's got that cool eighties, like chill wave, uh, electronic vibe thing going on. Like if anyone's ever seen the movie drive, it's kind of like that, right? Like, you know, those time types of, of, uh, cool sounds. So like when you're in like the DJ club, it, it really does feel cool and unique, uh, and just, I, very few things feel like that in a, you know, a game with 16 bit sprites. Uh, but it, it consistently is just pushing you forward to go to a place where it leads to a story. Um, but I will say while the story does work and it has emotional moments and develops over time, especially like your relationship with the company and more importantly, back at your flat basically like this guy lives in a single bedroom apartment that looks like a piece of you know what uh (laughs) and it's run down and like you know when you start the game your neighbors are like in the next room just basically having a rave and you just see in the other room you know is like just like a couple just going at it you know there you go So Um, not rated T for teen. Yeah, but then there's also, (laughs) um, as you're there, there's a little girl who, like, her parents are uh, also pieces of, and (laughs) uh, basically, you know, that friendship starts to bond, and, like, where that goes, it it gives you a nice pullback moment of emotionism, or emotionism, uh, emotional uh, attachment. I like like emotionism. Let's just stick with that. That's the word of the day, folks. Chrisisms. Right? (laughs) It could be in the dictionary. I don't know. When's I previously, the last time you called I previously Oxford? Liked, liked how you said Molotov cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> Moktov. <laughs> it's whatever. It's whatever, man. Um, Just roll with it. But, but uh, yeah, as you get through that story, there are parts of it. The mystery of your character is definitely something that is very obtuse. And you're kind of like, huh, I'm not really quite sure what's going on on here in a way that like feels like you get a real payoff and it's very clear as you get to the end of this game it's not a very long game it's only about like five hours i would say most people it's going to take four or five hours Mm -hmm. um you definitely can tell that this is something that is designed to be part of a series and not just a standalone thing like um and as such i think like while there there are a couple of nice emotional moments there isn't something that really feels like a climax that was 
Yeah. groundbreaking like like the the last boss i was like wait that's the final boss for this like you know that i had that kind of feeling not to say i mean like it was a tough fight uh with very many stages to it and i was very glad when i beat it but i thought like well obviously we're gonna go to this next thing now and it's like nope that's the end of the game and you know this character will return at a later date and that kind of thing and you're you're like man but you had like all these things you started to touch on but you didn't yeah. really resolve it, and it's clear that maybe that's why. I don't know if it was done because originally this guy was like, I want, maybe he has all these done, and like, you know, this will be Katana Zero, and then maybe like next year or later this year we'll get Katana 1.5. Well, the, the criticism <laughs> that stuck out to me when we're reading reviews was the IGN review. It said, it seems like this game is holding back all of its best ideas. Yes, yes. In terms of plot, like, there's a lot of things that, I'm not going to say there aren't any reveals because there are, but they feel like the things that you would get in the first, you know, the first maybe half of the first movie, right? If it's a trilogy and then there would be emotional deliverance. Like, like imagine if like you went through uh, the first Matrix movie and you didn't get the showdown with Agent Smith at the end. Now, there's a greater much larger narrative that comes out of the matrix right mm -hmm. but like you get that payoff where no matter what even if you didn't watch another matrix movie after that you got to see neo have this moment where it was like no and then like you know take down agent smith and and, and kind of validate every, what everyone's been saying for the last you know uh two hours or whatever in that film um there's no moment like that here. Like it feels like it might be leading to this, like where we're going to finally see. And it's like, yeah, they give you a little sliver, but it's nothing where it mind blows you to, to say like, where the hell is this going to go next? You're just like, okay, whenever the next chapter comes of this, I'd like to see. And maybe then they'll really start to pull out and go crazy. Cause there's like, there's two characters that are kind of very obtuse and mysterious that show up in this game. I don't even think they really have names. Uh, but they are creepy and you're even here, like while they show up and they do some things, you're like, they're not really explained. They're not given too much context of what their purposes are and where they're going with it. It's just, it's a thread that's out there, you know? Um, but that said, for the most part, for 15 bucks, <laughs> this is a fun game. And I would, I really hope that it's one that if, if there isn't, if there isn't an, another game that there are at least more episodes released for this, like DLC, I would like to just see them say, here are some more contracts you could do, you know, and pay 10 bucks and, you know, download and that's it. It's not a very large game, you know, in terms of file side. So it should be easy for everyone to get it. Um, additionally, you know, if not that, then I, I do hope because this game was announced a couple of years ago. And it's, it's yeah, only like, remember it. yeah, it's like only one or two guys that made it primarily. Like there are of course a couple of people who did additional work on it, but it's primarily one or two guys. I can't remember if it was one or two right offhand, but like you go, man, I, <laughs> I don't want to be in a scenario where, because this is only made by two dudes, uh, that this comes out here and I don't see, you know, a sequel to this, uh, or the next chapter or whatever for three years. Or four years, you know, because that would gonna, be disappointing. Yeah, because you're like, that's that it unless they're coming back with like, OK, so we did that and we released that because we were like, we need money 
because we're young and, you know, we're a startup, whatever. If that's the case, then fine. Um, yeah, maybe that's but, the case. They were like, we've got so much more to do, but this yeah. is as far as we were able to take it. But if you're going to do that, you need to come back with like something that, you know, feels yeah. fully make, fleshed Get the out. money and, yeah. and make it happen. Like, you know, if you compare that to say something like Celeste, where Celeste is, you know, takes probably about eight to 10 hours, but it feels like a fully realized game. Sure. You know, there is a beginning and there's an end. And, and even then, once you beat the main story of that game, there's like 300 other things to go do afterwards yeah. uh, for, for just enjoyment and in sh- sheer challenge. And that's what I think a lot of people want in these games. Like I want a scenario where maybe if they could just eventually make a, an additional mode where like it's the hotel, but like, say it's a hotel with like, 90 floors or something like that you know and see how high you can go and every floor keeps getting more challenging more challenging maybe even get it so that they're uh procedurally generated unlike here like well no i want to say procedural because that is one of the things like you unlike some levels where it is procedural or some games where it would be right and it's completely random like uh ape out which i've been playing does that uh, this one, every level is very specifically designed. So maybe no, no, I would just want actually them to take the basics of what they've already built and then just say, okay, let's build custom levels or put a level editor in the game for people so that they can, the community can make levels and put crazy stuff out there to see if people can overcome and beat them. Maybe put challenges and stuff like that in there. That'd be really cool. Okay. This is going to officially be our shortest podcast in a while. Hey, just it just proves it just goes to show that efficiency is what we do. Yeah, me and Sean you. just wastes everybody's time. Pretty clearly. much, pretty much. Um, he's only he's only kind of funny. Uh, uh, uh. Oh come on! Yeah. Didn't mean to do that. Uh. <laughs> Does he make any last stands? No. <laughs> um, so you gotta you, you you ready to slap your Richard on it? Yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh, you know, the other reason why it's also this short is that, again, we had the quickest intro in like three months <laughs> this time. So True, but we started um, later and we're, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, I would I would give it a solid 8.5. Um, there are times where it's it's flirted in my mind to go nine, but I will say this. I beat the game Saturday morning. And there hasn't been like this desire in my head to just run back and keep playing it mainly because outside of just, I guess, doing little tiny challenges that give you certain things like there is like a little end game mystery that is in there, Um, but it's very up to so I don't even know exactly without going online what I would need to do to get it and I'm not sure what the payoff would be. Um, There hasn't been a strong desire for me to go back, right? I enjoyed my time. I was glad that, you know, I was gladly played for a couple more hours with what they were offering me. Um, but with what was there and the price of like 15 bucks, I, I, and the fact again, it was made by two dudes and it's like their first time with the game. <clears throat> Solid. You know, you can't go wrong with this. Like it, it is going to be something that, especially if you like action games and combat and then also just, you know, critically thinking how to get through a level with all the tools that are in front of you, because most of them are optional, right? Like, you know, there could be, uh, I'm trying to think like there could be a lamp and you could pick up the lamp and throw it at someone's head. But at the same time, if you're smart or I wouldn't say smart, if you're just good at what you're doing, 
you might to be able to just bypass that and still execute the level. You know, it's completely optional what you're doing there. Uh, but yeah, for, for 15 bucks for, for a poop game, especially, um, I think it's definitely worth a look. Um, it, I think a lot of people that play dead cells outside of the roguelike part of it will probably have a blast. If you enjoyed the combat of that and just going through that world, you'll probably feel right at home with Any this. Any similarity to the messenger? I haven't played the messenger, so I can't say. I did not play that. Oh, um, and the big shout out again, music. That's yeah. probably the strongest thing I think in the game. Nice. There's not a ton of tracks, but they're all originals. Um, go back to, does it go back to like eighties music or something? Yeah. Like most of them are that way there. There's like three artists, I think in the game who do the music. And the mm -hmm. best part is when you start the level, um, you see the guy, he has a, he's a little cassette player on the side of his robe and he just opens it up and That's he, cool. it pops open the sound. But as soon as ladies was, and gentlemen, a cassette player is what they used to use to play music back in the eighties and nineties. And it came long before. In fact, in the nineties, I was still playing cassettes and it was not considered cool. No, no, it yeah, was not. It was not. It was always like the only reason it was good to have a cassette player, um, in your car was if you had the little uh, fake cassette tape that could plug up to your CD player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but even then, I, that thing, that thing was hokey. Yeah, yeah, like after like two months, you'd have to buy a new one. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm trying to think anything else with it. Uh, but yeah, I did say uh, to those who listened to the live stream as soon as I played it, I was like, "Well, this is going on the music episode this year." Like there was no question for sure that will be uh, featured very much so good deal so it's out there switch like i said pretty sure also pc ps4 and i think xbox one i could be wrong on that don't quote me it's definitely on switch and pc uh so 8.5 yeah 8.5 pretty, pretty solid pretty solid richard if you need something to get you through the work days that's probably not a bad one to go with right i would guess not yeah all right you want to do some news play it at work <laughs> during your breaks yes on the pooper Yes, that's what you do. You're like, I gotta go take a 20 minute pooper. You just pooped 30 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't they hear this thud because your legs fall asleep? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do news? Uh, absolutely. Can no. I read them all? I don't know. Can you? I think I can. I never added that one. Should I go add that one? If you want to. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. News. See, that sounds so much better without Sean. It's because we have such uh, sultry NPR voices. Well, right? I don't have a sultry voice. I have a thirteen-year-old girl voice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Speaking of thirteen-year-old girls, what? What? <laughs> Star Wars Jedi? R. Kelly. Fall in order. <laughs> Ooh. So, head of respawn, Vince Sampella. Is it Sampella? Who cares? Zampella. Zampella has That's confirmed. I actually know. That's <laughs> <laughs> ironic that you're telling me the pronunciation. Yeah. Has confirmed that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order will be a single player story game with no multiplayer and no microtransactions. <gasps> now, this is before EA gets its grubby little hands on it, but. The announcement was made at Star Wars Celebration in an interview saying, quote, no, multi no multiplayer, no microjack, no microtransactions, microjack, <laughs> microjacksons. It's a story game, in quote. The trailer is amazing and encouraging for an EA published game, and the game will be released 
uh, on November 15th. We actually watched the trailer live on last week's yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. episode. I was impressed. Um, sure. I mean, it, it wasn't really gameplay. It was just kind of story yeah. trailer, but that's fine. But I think it's just like everybody's been hungry for a single player Star Wars game. For um, sure. Yeah. I wonder how Amy Henning feels about this. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. I guess this one was... Uh, makes you wonder, though, this one might have been just further along in development and EA looked at its, I don't know, looked at its catalog and said, we can't have two single-player games coming out. Maybe they originally had an idea, and then, like, with all the backlash they've gotten and the fact that they knew, you know, it's still rumored that they're working on Titanfall 3, whatever it may be, if it does ever hit. Of course, they made Apex, and it might have just been maybe Vince Ampella said to them and said, like, look, if you guys want us to do this, we're, we're down, but there's no way we can put a game out in this time period and make it up to our standards and, you know, have it deliver. And, uh, and to be fair to them, they kind of earned the right to do a single player game because yeah. the Titanfall 2 storyline was so good. It was. And even <clears throat> when you consider that a lot of these people are the same dudes from Infinity Ward back in the day, if you ask me personally, I've always thought that Call of Duty 2 and Modern Warfare 1 had the best story of any of the Call of Duties. So, you know, as far as a single player campaign. Yeah, I think Respawn certainly earned the trust. Um, unlike many, uh, studios at EA, True. but it's a single player campaign. Yeah. And speaking of the best single player campaign, that's right, right then. <laughs> Bioshock Infinite. I think we're talking about God of War. Oh, God of War documentary. I noticed that God of War or Red Dead won a Game of the Year award, and that didn't make the news. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> someone else's Games of the Years make the news. Which one did it get? I can't remember. It was like some country. That kids know. magazine highlights. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The the kids game Red Dead Redemption Two. PBS News Hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ted Koppel, and game of the year, <laughs> God of War documentary. One On the one-year anniversary of God of War, Sony announced an upcoming documentary that follows the creation of the game. The film will be titled Raising Kratos, boy. Not boy, but, you know, I just wanted to say it that way. Uh, the film will feature Corey Barlog as well as the game's voice actors. Quote, it's only fitting on the one-year anniversary. We're excited to share this peek behind the curtain of God of War's very own Santa Monica studio with a trailer for our upcoming film, Raising Kratos. The full-length documentary coming very soon to PlayStation YouTube is an exploration in the massive undertaking it took to change the course of the God of War franchise. I find it interesting, and obviously I'm, I'm going to check this out. Maybe we can make it a topic. A topic. Maybe. A topic. I, I, wonder what, got- I wonder what raising Kratos is inferring. You know, it's like... They're um, saying that there's going to be a version of the game where you play as Nick Cage from Racing Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I was, I've been reading a lot about this this week, and one of the things it talked about was uh, the idea that this game was a risk on Sony's part. And I just, I look at it and I, when I think about it, I go, what's the risk? I, I don't see what the risk was. It, it was, it's an amazing title, obviously, but, you know, you weren't going to get anywhere by revisiting ancient Greece, mm. the old Kratos. So the risk to me was 
sticking with what wasn't working anymore. To me, that would have been the risk. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't, yeah, I think I know what they're saying. Um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the, you know, maybe it's taking, taking a risk at thinking that Kratos was dead as a character. Maybe. But to me, it was just like, the only thing you can do is move forward and, and evolve the character. And to me, that wasn't a risk. Well, I would say it was a risk because from my understanding, they had started a God of War game and they scrapped it. Yeah, I guess um, they did. And do then that. they brought him back in. Corey came back in. <clears throat> um, and I mean, there are, there's a lot of risk to, to its credit in the sense of like saying, okay, this is a game that's been known for it's like 60 frames per second action of pure, you know, like long form camera, uh, you know, 3D environments and all that going through. And now we're going to make this a very tight camera over the shoulder shot for her, the whole entire game. Uh, and we're going to slow Kratos down big time uh, for the most part outside of a few instances. Right. Um, and we're going to rip him away from the world that we've been building up and completely redefine how he acts, how he, you know, no, how no. he, he always perceived like it, it sounds simple. But like when you go back and you say to Sony, OK, God of War sales have been declining and a lot of our other That's kind of my point. Yeah. Though. Like, you know, it, and you come back and you say doing this game probably is going to cost you 200 million <laughs> to make it right. You know, and then we're going to have to do a big PR campaign on top of that. I can understand it is very hard for anyone to significantly alter a major franchise like that. Even if it, if it's not like in the vein of like, you know, <sighs> I'm trying to think of something that was like a true reformation. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, it, when you make, when you take a risk, it means that you have something to lose. Yeah. And to me, this, this franchise had to change or die. There was nothing to lose. It had already been lost mm. in my opinion. So I, you know, I, I understand the possible nuance of what they're saying. I get that, you know, a lot of effort went into it, a lot of creativity and it took a lot of, creativity to get this going in a completely different direction. I just don't see the risk. I don't see the risk part. They're like <laughs> all games, some guys, are, all, some guys all from games a, today are risks. Some I mean, guy, we're honest about it. Some guy from accounting is going to come down and be like, John, that, that was the risk right there. See that yeah. number right there? That yeah. was the risk. <laughs> I mean, you, you're a studio that's backed by Sony. Yeah. And you, and you say that out loud as a risk and you, and all these, and those two developers that have developed, uh, Katana Zero in a garage. Sure. Are going, guys, you don't know what a risk is, but come on. Like, yeah, there are different types of risks. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would say like, for instance, I'm not trying to be critical of yeah. it or overanalyzing it, but I obviously am. I, I guess like the best way to compare it would be like what I was saying earlier about Avengers and, and like the MCU, right? Yeah. It's like, being risky for them would be literally coming in saying, by the way, yeah, we're actually going to kill off a lot of these people for good. Like not just one, <laughs> not just one or two and not just like one or two that have been here forever, but you know, and we're going to be leaving anyways, but like, guess Don't what? Leave me cap. Yeah. Don't go. Like imagine if they did come back and say, yeah, guess what? You know, there is a new black Panther now and there, you know what? Spider-Man. Peter Parker, yeah, he is dead, and you know that is a prequel. And by the way, <laughs> introducing and, Miles, yeah, Miles, you know sure. something like that, like yeah. that would be crazy if they did that. But on the other hand, you look at it and you say that's a machine that is, especially it being Hollywood, right? It's so designed to basically 
make so much money for them. Like uh, we were talking about like last week where <laughs> Disney itself will have the top four grossing God, films. It's and, gross. Isn't and it? like they could release <laughs> it's so nothing. Gross. They could release nothing else. Uh-uh. And they will probably make more than 90% of yeah. studios combined. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, uh, they're the 1%. You know, when Cap, <laughs> when Cap dies, I'm hoping Tony Stark says, I'll never let go, Cap. I'll never let go. And then all of a sudden Leo comes in. Like, what? <laughs> uh, this could be a risk. This could, this is, uh, these are always a risk. Yeah. Here's the uh, PS5 specs. Uh, Mark Cerny who probably can do no wrong at Sony. He can, if he wants another, if he wants knack three, it'll probably happen. Dear God, uh, no. <laughs> Mark Cerny has revealed quite a lot of info regarding the specs of the PlayStation five. Uh, AMD chip will be at its core. The CPU is, rec- is created from AMD's Ryzen line, third generation with eight cores of what is that? Seven NM seven nano something. Oh, okay. I can't remember. Zen 2 microarchitecture. The chip also, quote, includes a custom unit for 3D audio, end quote. The GPU is a custom variant of Radeon Navi's family, which is which will allow for ray tracing. The system will not be download will not be a download only machine. The biggest inclusion will be a solid state drive. Um, according to Cerny, it will have a raw, quote, bandwidth higher than any SSD available for PCs. The console will also support future 8K gaming and will be backward compatible with PS4 games. Regarding the price, Cerny indicated that it will be appealing to gamers in light of its advanced feature set. And I think, Chris, while you probably know a lot more about this spec stuff than I do, uh-huh. the real concern for pricing is this solid state drive. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Because it tends to, if you want a solid, a solid state drive in a in a like a gaming PC, for example, yeah, that price is going to go up. You got to pay for that. that so that's yeah, so a, when he says it's going to be like an appealing right price for gamers. Well, I think like, I don't know what that means yet. The rumor that mm-hmm. has been servicing is five hundred dollars, and that they're selling it at a hundred dollar loss in the first year, which. Um, and here, just to give an idea of like, yeah, what John was just saying, if I go to right now to Amazon, right, I'm going to guess it's a one terabyte solid state is what they're going to put in there. So let's just look solid state drive just to see what the price is out there right now. Or if I want a one to two terabyte solid state, yeah, you're coming in at about, okay, not too terrible, but still $150 on, on your thing. So like. $150 of a, of a $500 or a $600 system. I don't know. Um, whenever I hear this kind of stuff, I understand why they did this and what, what they're doing right now because they understand, you know, they're, as we've said, the stage is about to be their competitors for a whole weekend. And, you know, Phil will be like billions of teraflops of <laughs> trillions of teraflops. The whole system is literally a teraflop. <laughs> <laughs> we built it. We found a way to make it into a metal, and now it is a console, well, a teraflop to, console. But uh, to me, they've got to figure out how to eat an extra hundred dollars and make this a four hundred dollar console. I, you can't. To me, it's like you go from a previous generation that you won, mm-hmm. where the starting price was four hundred dollars, mm-hmm. beating beating the Xbox One's 
four what four ninety nine price tag. Was it four ninety nine or it was a four ninety nine? It was a four ninety nine. It was a five hundred dollar machine. Yeah, that's right. It was five hundred. Now, granted, um, but it won also because it was a much better machine at four hundred dollars than the five hundred dollar counterpart at that point, right? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, <laughs> granted, the the Xbox had Connect at the time. Yeah. So all that, while well, all that being true, but there was you know, a lot of problems. Y- you run the risk, in my opinion, of going from playstation 2 to playstation 3 and telling people to get a second job to pay for the console and i know that the 500 hundred dollar mark isn't the backbreaker that a 600 dollar ps3 was yeah but you Plus have to be you have to be very you have to be very careful raising the price on your consumers because they will go somewhere else as they proved i last mean generation the honest truth though is that i don't think they have a choice because i'm pretty sure that microsoft system will be 500 dollars as well um, so? and, and to be fair, like when I, when I'm looking at all this stuff right now, <clears throat> the big thing you have to remind yourself is that what they're saying here sounds great from a PR standpoint, but I also go, I don't really know how much of that's actually going to come to be true. Yeah, versus, sure. It's two years away. Yeah. Because like he's talking about ray tracing and that <clears throat> like you'd have to have a 1500 to 2000 to maybe even $6,000 PC, like what they you know, one of the new uh, NVIDIA 10 or what are they called? 270, whatever. I can't remember the official name of them. They're top of the line cards to do ray tracing and to do it in 4K is so taxing right now. It, you just don't know. Like it might be a feature that's on there and it's available, but like to do so, there will have to probably be compromises from the developer. Uh, same with the whole entire AK gaming thing. Like, I don't, I don't know how, like, that sounds great, but I think, like, if that's going to happen, it's going to be way down the line. Um, and it's going to be something more of, uh, a build where it, it's kind of like what you see, uh, Stadia doing. And I'm guessing whatever both PlayStation and, and Xbox's online streaming things are, where it's like, we will have the cloud and all these, you know, humongous processor and databases that we have. Uh, in-house do the bulk of the work for you so you personally do not have to do that that's the only way i can see it right now um but you know it's it's a lot of look i think they had to say this though right they had sure. to give an idea i don't think the 500 dollar thing is a backbreaker i think it's as long as it is good and runs well um and is fairly priced against its competitor and like there's not a humongous difference you know, like I think back to what killed Xbox at the start of last generation wasn't exclusives um, and it wasn't, you know, a lack of apps or anything like that. One of the big things that killed them early on was that one, their UI did not run as well as their competitors. Uh, and two, and probably more importantly, their games were struggling to get to 900 P and Sony's over there going, here's 1080p on everything. Everything runs at 1080p on the basic one. And when you say it's a hundred dollars cheaper, you're like, why am I paying an, an extra hundred bucks for this perif that I didn't need? And, um, in a system that can't run the game as well as, you know, the one that's a hundred dollars cheaper. True. So, you know, I think as long as they're hitting that, it doesn't matter if it's boring or predictable or whatever. If it runs well and it's efficient and it's not ridiculously priced or underpowered, they will be fine no matter what they put out. Fine, Chris. But will Xbox be fine? 
Will Microsoft be fine? <laughs> Xbox E3 plans. Microsoft has announced the date and time for its Xbox E3 2019 briefing. The conference will be held at the Microsoft Theater in L.A. on Sunday before the main E3 event. You will be able to watch online on June 9th, your Truly's birthday, uh, at 1 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time via YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and Mixer. Yeah, Mixer. I was watching on Mixer. You know why, John? Tell me. Because they broadcast in 4K on there. Okay. <laughs> According to Xbox head Phil Spencer, quote, our new studios are going to have things to show, which is going to be awesome. Some new things that nobody has seen before. It will take years to really have them fully integrated in and develop, uh, delivering the same way all of the teams do because different teams are different parts or it are at different parts of their development cycle. <laughs> but I think it's going to be really interesting to have those teams showing up this year. And starting to show what they're building for us, aka, um, does that mean Fable, Fable relaunch, whatever it is? It'll be confirmed. It'll be it, it'll <laughs> be a, confirmed, and it's available now. Right? Yeah, I tell you, uh, the, the more we get closer to E3, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, while I'm disappointed to see that, you know, some people, you know, we're going to miss some studios and things like that. Mm. I am excited to see an Xbox presentation that's not under the type of pressure. Sure. To be so uh, good. worry about what another company, a competitor is going to do where they can just show up, be themselves and bring like we bring have their be, best selves. We have to be excellent because there's a strong possibility <clears throat> exactly. of 9 p.m. tomorrow night. We're yep. just old news. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's, that's an excited. I'm excited for, for Phil Spencer's team to just rock it because I think they will. I think we're going to be very happy with, with what we see. Um, as long as I could see um, a release date for Ori in the Play Forest. And it's available now. <laughs> now no. <laughs> I would be excited as long as I get to see some more uh, Halo and I'm guessing Gears. And really, um, you know, if I could just have a wonderful uh, another one of those videos of developers talking about like what we really want. A new system. <laughs> <laughs> well, Again. I do know. I do know when Gears comes out, I'll be able to play it for free. Really? That's right. Because of Xbox Games Pass. <gasps> and speaking of Xbox Games Pass, there's something new on the horizon. It's called Xbox Game. <laughs> wow. I was on the I was on a roll. Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Ooh. During Inside Xbox, Microsoft announced X <laughs> Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which will combine Xbox Game Pass and Xbox Live. Why does it sound like an uh, a Capcom game title? Coming this fall, Xbox Game yeah, Pass yeah, yeah. Ultimate. I think I'm so distracted because da, 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 do you hear that car horn out yes. there? It is just I, I went to look out the window just to make sure it wasn't ours. Yeah. The new package will be available later this year and will cost $14.99 a month. The new subscription will save subscribers around $5 per month. This will not replace either service but merely consolidate them. So in other words, if you want just Xbox Games Pass, you can mm. have it. You yes. want, you know, all that stuff. Well, I mean, like a lot of people like us, I know we buy our, um, I, I, well, I don't know if you do. I, I can speak for myself. I usually buy my, uh, my live subscription annually because yes. you get a significant discount. And if you add, if you add the annual subscription total mm -hmm. to the monthly total of this, 
Correct. They come out the exact same. So Correct. I'm curious it, about how they're really going to bundle this well, to make well, you save money. It's not so much about that, right? It, it's about saying if you want this scenario where you can play these <clears> things <throat> and, and turn them on and off as you need it. Like if you're one of these people who you, you, you know, say you're a teenager or whatever, right? And basically you can only afford to get a one that lasts six months where like that is $120 a year subscription or no, that's like, I'm sorry. That's like 80 bucks a year. I think if you did it quarterly, it's a hundred bucks a year. If you do it monthly, it's like 120 bucks a year. Right. So, you know, you start to see where the savings are for them. Uh, because if you're someone who is going by chance going through Xbox monthly, just because you're like, sometimes I need it. Sometimes I don't here. You have the option to say, okay, let me just go ahead and instead get Game Pass 2, you know, because you're saving money yeah. that way. You are going to uh, save a lot more money in terms of the bang for your buck. I'm sure that. you'll save money. I just haven't seen the package that shows you're going to save money. That's like, all I'm saying. If you were to do monthly. I don't know anybody who's going to want to pay monthly. Sure. For well, the, for that, for, for for consolidating both things, well, I, I mean, don't see it. It would make sense for me because I could turn it off, right? Like if I'm not playing online games and I don't care about, say, you don't care about the, you're not going to turn it off. Maybe not me, but like someone else, right? Say you're someone who you're not always playing online games, right? But you enjoy Games Pass. You're always turned on. That's true. But like, you know, you could switch between a nine ninety nine subscription per month and yeah. a fourteen ninety nine. Ninety nine. You're getting Xbox Live for five bucks as opposed to the, like I think it's like ten bucks that normally would be if you just did it month to month. That's See, what they're saying. If Sean was here, he would have said nine 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 and nine nine. Yeah, he would have. He would have. That's why he's important, ladies and gentlemen. That's the one thing he does. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> uh, speaking of other Xbox, and finally John put a big Xbox weekend here. Jeez, well, uh, <laughs> you know I love Xbox. Good lord. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? I do. It's my favorite console of this generation. You don't call its terrible nickname like SNES. You, you, uh, you should be calling it. Read it. Read the thing. Call it Just read it. Read it. Expone. Shut it down. <laughs> Xbox One S all digital. Microsoft announced the worst kept secret in gaming. Quote, we've seen a digital transformation across gaming, music, TV, and movies. The Xbox One S all digital edition was created for those who prefer to find and play their games digitally and are looking for the most affordable way to play Xbox games. The new machine will run at 250 That's $50 cheaper than the Xbox One S and half the price of a One X. The console will be bundled with... Minecraft, Forza Horizon 3, and Sea of Thieves. There is a point here to like wonder because I know 250 is the MSRP price, right? But people have pointed out you can actually get like an Xbox One S right now, usually around 200 bucks because most of them are on sale. I, I know it's for pre sale right now, so obviously they're all just going to be 250 at launch. But I am very interested to see how long it goes before, like, I would imagine by the time Gears and all that is rolling out this fall, it would be... 200 like, bucks at Christmas? Like, well, no, I would imagine it's probably going to be <clears throat> 150 bucks if they're being honest of what it is. Because, yeah, if you can sell an, an Xbox One S for $200, there's no reason why you can't sell one for, you know, one of these for 150 when it has less parts in it. Right. And it's designed to be cheaper and all that. So uh, I am interested. Otherwise, it's going to I'm kind of like, why would you price it that this way other than 
you're just trying to take advantage of people that don't really know how sales work, but I just, that doesn't make sense to me in any way. Yeah. So. With the Minecraft Forza and Sea of Thieves, if I were them, I would have just thrown in because they had to have known that this would have perception wise looked like it wasn't a deal. Mm-hmm. If they'd have thrown in a year's subscription to Game, Game Pass, Pass or yeah, that would like make that, more sense. Th- that would give you tons. It would thus validate the need for your digital library. Exactly. Here's this thing that only plays digital games, and here's the entire library we have. Mm-hmm. Have a ball. And it's also like, if you're thinking about it, their whole entire thing should be, this should be a test. You know, yeah. Like, if, if you're selling your Xboxes for $200 right now, you need to put this out there for 150 because if you say, okay, we're in the waning part of the generation, yeah, it's there's six year old tech. Like, nothing yeah. we're going to do is going to be humongous that like wins people over to, you know, guess the PlayStation numbers, right? Or whatever. Yeah. But you could be in this thing like, well, do we see a boost of this? And, and then like over the next year, when we compare the sales of like from May, you know, 2019 to May 2020, how do the sales for the digital edition do versus the regular one uh, in that time frame with sin- similar bundles and all those kinds of things? Yeah. Because if they do well, then that gives them validation to say, you know what? At launch for our next generation, we should offer discless uh, consoles if people want them. Sure. Like that, that would be a good test. So it seems like a missed opportunity. I don't know. Well, the Switch doesn't have discs. Oh, and that's why it's more expensive. <laughs> uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, speaking of Switch, um, Marvel has announced the Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order, will release on July 19 of 2019. Exclusive, July 19, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Exclusive to Nintendo Switch, players will have the chance to create... It's it's so it doesn't spoil Avengers Endgame. Uh-huh. Uh, exclusive to Nintendo Switch, players will have the chance to create their dream team to fight their way across the Marvel Universe with both new heroes and iconic characters, even though they might have died in Endgame. <laughs> players can play co-op or locally. The premise is to get the Infinity Stones back from Thanos and the Black Order. Shocker. I feel like I've heard this before. I feel like so. the more I hear it, and I mean, like, even when they drop that trailer... I love the very first uh, Ultimate Alliance. It was a surprise. The second one was not was, great. was not great. Even uh, Tony worked on that game, and he can tell you the story. Oh, really? So it's, like, gosh, it's been that long. Yeah, yeah. It was back. I mean, like it, Marvel Ultimate Alliance came out the very first year of Xbox 360. In case our audience doesn't remember, our friend of the show Tony used to work at Activision yes, as a tester. Yes, yes. Um, but <laughs> I just look at this and. I gotta say, it feels like, a, you know, even with the setup of what it is, it's a video game movie thing. And whenever I see those, I go, eh, that's probably not going to be anything. It's too not great. a movie game. It's not based on the movie. Yeah. You just got Thanos and the Black Order and you're, you're going. Well, the movies are based on comics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if anything. Uh-huh, okay. The- okay. Yeah. <laughs> Come sure. On. I'm sure it will be uh, very, you know, close to the comics. It game will- of the year. 10 out of 10. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. We're going to cover it. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> GameStop offering full price trades. GameStop has announced a new promotion that will offer a full price of a game refunded as store credit within 48 hours of launch. The promo is called Guaranteed to Love It and was announced the day after the new CEO moved into the role. Quote, 
True to our core promise, today's announcement is a testament that GameStop is committed to giving power to the players. In our promotion offer our customers the peace or offers our customers the peace and mind of buying video games inside our retail stores at no risk beginning with days gone next week. So basically I guess the idea is that if you I mean like it, it one of two things. It's either an incredibly short game that you pick up on the night of release and then beat it in a very short fame and, and you get your money back. I'm, I'm planning or, to get my money back for days gone or, or, or <laughs> all I, of it. Or I guess the other side of it is you buy it and like, say, unlike anywhere else, right, right now, if you don't like it, you can just go trade it to them. You know, it's not yeah. like returning it. It's, yep. it's trading it and they'll give you a full 60 bucks for it. Yeah. Um, bold move, Cotton. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't. I, I don't, and I think you'd probably agree with this. I don't think this is the move that's going to save GameStop. No, but it's encouraging to see a CEO move in and within minutes makes a decision like this. This is a bold decision, mm-hmm. and it's encouraging because one could assume that more bold decisions like this, yeah. are on the horizon. Well, I mean, this is what you. Have it's to almost do. like what Phil Spencer did when he moved into the sure. Xbox role. He immediately. Did something. I don't remember what it was, but he did. (laughs) Well, he's trying to offer. Now, there are little things that make you wonder, like, okay, so they say the first 48 hours of its launch. Does that mean, like, I have from... Two days. I have 9 p.m. Thursday. Like, if a game comes out on a Friday, is it till... You know, the close of business on Sunday? 48 hours for when you bought it or 48 hours? Like, yeah, like all that kind of stuff. Like, um, that part... Uh, I'm interested to see how it goes, right? Um, on the other hand, I don't know. I mean, like, to me, it just sounds like they're, it's definitely designed to do one thing above all else, which is that they've obviously had this problem with pre game sales, right? Um, so if they can go ahead and say, all right, we've moved this, uh, this part of our, like, um, was I'm looking for as far as the word here, uh, not itinerary, but um, uh, inventory. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking for off the books of like what we're required or, or else we pay taxes on it. And yep. now we take it in as pre-owned and we go ahead and we say like, say they go to the next bolt step where they say, okay, even though we bought it for 60, we're just going to, because we don't have to worry about the tax on this anymore. We're going to sell it at 45 and like they're just going to screw developers out of their first week sales out outside of the first two days, right? Of, uh, sales because, you know, here are all these games that they're selling for 45 bucks that they bought at 60. Like we'll take the $15 loss on this because, you know. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, we are going to do for days gone the GameStop challenge. We're all going to buy the game. And we're going to race home. and That would be really sad if we can beat this game. We're going to ignore our families for two days and try to beat this thing within 48 hours. I haven't slept in two days. (laughs) And get get this game virtually for free. I'm just just imagining imagining you in your chair and just screaming at Clarissa. Clarissa, more pizza. Bring more pizza. (laughs) Bring. (laughs) And now it's a poop game. (laughs) Honey, my catheter's full. Yeah. <laughs> Just so bad. Just so bad. Speaking of bad. Yeah. Capcom Home Arcade. Mm. So Capcom has announced Capcom Home Arcade, a standalone plug and play unit unit 
with a two-player arcade setup that comes with 16 classic games. The device will be will have a giant logo with two sticks and buttons arranged on top. The release date is October 25th, and cost will be $260. Jeez. The price of an Xbox One <laughs> S All Digital Edition. Yep. The 16 no, games. No, no, no. $10 more than. Yeah, $10 more. <laughs> right, okay. The 16 games will include 1944, The Loop Master. Alien vs. Predator, Armored Warriors, Capcom Sports Club, Captain Commando, which is the uh, uh, what what Capcom is actually short for, uh, if you if in case you didn't know that fun fact, Cyberbots, Full Metal Madness, Darkstalkers, The Night Warriors, which I think is an early '90s fighting game, uh, Echo Fighters, Final Fight, yeah. Goals and Ghosts, yeah. Giga Giga Wing, <laughs> Mega Man, The Power Battle. Which I hear is pretty good. I've never heard of it before until uh, I think Colin Morari was talking about it. Pro Gear, Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting, mm. Strider, mm. Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. I'm curious what they're using to justify the cost. Like, is, is it a bigger arcade cabinet? I mean, if I haven't really seen it's pictures a of it. standalone <laughs> plug and play unit. So, yeah, I'm guessing it's a, like, you know, at the very least would be. Similar <clears throat> to what we see at a GameStop store, just instead of there being an LCD TV, it'll be a screen that's built into an, uh, an arcade okay. comment. So. Okay. I guess it makes sense for it. I mean, obviously they're just I selling mean, this as a novelty item. Yeah, I would I would imagine this is for hardcore collectors and things like that. Yeah, this is, this is not a direct competitor no. with, you know, the Genesis Mini and all that stuff. No, no. Uh, that's a motion <laughs> capture wrap, John. Oh. Huh? It's been confirmed by Naughty Dog that the final scene for Last of Us Part Two has been shot using performance capture, concluding, quote, the most ambitious cinematic shoot ever for Naughty Dog. Uh, as for or as of now, no release date has been announced, with many speculating this will be a crossover title between the PS4 and the new console from Sony. We could just say PS5. We all know it's going to be PS5. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. As And, you know, like most of the titles that they displayed uh, last year's e3 i think they're i think most of them are going to be ps5 but i don't really end yeah, i've never really crossovers. i've never really thought about how much time it takes from the final motion capture shot mm -hmm. and what comes after like well, you got to render it you got to stick it in the game i'm speaking layman terms completely but that's got to be at least well, six what, months what is it like with um <clears throat> i know with things like pixar movies right yeah. Um, usually a lot of times when they record the dialogue, <laughs> they do so about two years before the film is even done. Like, or, and that's after it's been in development for three years. Oh. You know, because it just takes a, uh, Pat Oswalt had a thing like where he said he worked on, um, it was before he did Ratatouille. Um, so it was one of the art Pixar films. And he was asked to do punch up jokes. And they're like, no, 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 no. Like he made normal jokes. And they're like, no, no, you can't have it be a character on the screen or, or like require sight to see yeah. because then we have to go back and render and change all that. So they are like, we need things you could shout off screen for our <laughs> characters to hear. So, you know, cool. Yeah. Well, I am very much looking forward to it. I hope it's good. Yeah. Oh, you hope it's good. I mean, I wasn't as high on that as you guys yeah. were. I, I didn't hate it, but you know, it wasn't even your number two that year? Nah. What was that year? What was the game for that year? Well, your game of the year was uh, Bioshock Infinite. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And I think that was uh, 2010. Maybe later. 
Might have been later. Yeah, I think it was like 2013. Because it was like, or 2012 or 20. Like, Might have been 2012. It was like, yeah, it was like the end of the generation member. Yeah. See, you don't even know what your, I know, I mean, your game of the year was Bioshock, but. Um, I thought that's what it was that year. I was like, I couldn't remember if it was that or Portal 2. I was like, it was because those are like back-to-back years. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, speaking yeah. speaking of game of the year, mm. here's some Fortnite news. Epic Games has announced a new event called Fortnite World Cup Creative, which will run from April 29th to June 7th. This a will be a long event. Yeah, it's pretty long. <laughs> That's what they said about my. <laughs> this has been added to the $100 million prize pool for Fortnite World Cup. It will consist of five showcase events and five different uh, trials, all from community creators. Each event will focus on a new creative game with 15 participants the, then being selected to compete in the creative competition at the Fortnite World Cup finals. Each participant will be able to submit their best clips. And we'll have a chance to win part of the $3 million creative prize pool. In other news, gets 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In other news, Fortnite is teasing an Avengers crossover with an image featuring Thor's Stormbreaker. Ooh. With a message stating whatever it takes. Whatever it is, it is scheduled to release just prior to the release of Avengers well, Endgame. And by the time you hear this episode, you might already know what it is. Yeah. Well, remember back when they did... um. When Infinity yeah, War came out, yeah, they had a little period there where Thanos was in the game. That yeah. was fun. I mean, yeah. It was a blast. So it's cool, it cool to see. So that would be cool if like you just go around with Stormbreaker and and like you go. He always aims for the head. That'd yeah. be funny. I will, yeah, <laughs> I will say uh, as far as the creative contest, one of the things that's been fun for me to watch on YouTube because when Aiden watches YouTube videos, he's watching Fortnite videos. Mm. One of the cool things they're doing now is is they're they're creating these, um, like trick shots. Well, it's like they they do these like relay race type level oh, okay. designs where people are trying to beat the 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 previous record for finishing. Oh, so they're going into like the one where there's no combat or whatever. Right, they're, they're just, just trying to they're trying they're just building and trying cool. to go through it as fast as they can without, you know, dying or falling or things like that. Mm. And it's been and they're kind of just you zone in, you kind of get addicted to watching it and mm. it surprised me. So it's it's a pretty cool feature. Hmm. So, you know, it's a critical feature, John. <clears throat> Tell me. Master Chief has a porn stash. And so the critical feature is the porn stash? Of course. Do you have... Hmm? We need to put you... We need to get you a porn stash. I've done it before. When I went to Bonnaroo one year, I, I shaved down to a porn stash. Isn't that... <laughs> it, looked, it would look great the whole entire week because I was wearing aviator shades. Well, yeah. we when I saw when I saw that, I, I was it was more of a... Um, never mind. I can't say that. <laughs> uh, this is from Engadget because we, we've added in late. Uh, the years in making Halo TV TV series finally appear to be taking shape. Showtime stash shape. <laughs> Showtime has chosen American gods and also Orange's New Blacks porn stash. Uh, Pablo Schreiber to play the series version of Master Chief. It's not certain if he'll ever remove the iconic helmet, but Showtime has promised to tell quote deeply drawn personal stories. It's hard to imagine the chief hiding his face forever. The series will also star newcomer Yiren Ha as Quan Ah. <laughs> Weird. Uh, a teen from the colonies who meets Master Chief at a, quote, fate of, fateful time. The show will run in 
or will be run and executive produced by Stephen Kane of The Last Ship fame. Never watched it. And Kyle Killen of Awake. Never watched it. Uh, which hints at scale, Showtime considers this to be its most ambitious series ever. So Stephen... Spielberg Steve, is no longer. No, attached. he is. He's a uh, he's executive produced uh, or like whatever you know. Like he's he's not one of the direct hand on guys, but he's going to be the one. They're like, hey, Stephen, we're doing this, and be like, whatever, check, thanks. Mm. You know, but uh, put that, my name on that. Uh, that's Looks cool. Good. Look, I will say, if you told me a couple of years ago that <laughs> that porn not- stash was going to be Master Chief, I've been like, uh, but he, as they m- remarked in the article. He's on American Gods as Matt Sweeney, and he is great. In How that, tall like, is he? He's pretty tall. He's pretty tall. And even then, like, because he's in the, the suit, you know, it doesn't really even matter how tall he is, right? Because you can it, – it's just like that dude's playing Batman on Gotham. They're like <laughs> – Batman's oh, – yeah. but they said, like, Batman's 6'3", and you, like, look at this kid, and you're like, you're yeah. about 5'10". <laughs> yeah. Well, shoot, so was Christian Bale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like – you know, if Tom Cruise can make a career of an action star, I'm pretty sure <laughs> Pablo Shriver in a Master Chief mask and suit can do the same. Well, that's one. Uh, this is completely boring old man knowledge, but the the movies that Tom Cruise does about Jack Reacher, yeah. So those that character is based on a guy from a series of novels, and yes. the character Jack Reacher is like six foot seven. Yeah, that's definitely not him. And so, you know, I personally liked those movies, but. I could see where the mm-hmm. fans of the novels were like, Tom what Cruise? The hell? Yeah. No way. I'll, I think that was, he's the character in that because if I recall, it's his studio that makes it. And yeah. It's like one of those things like, it's just like, you're never going to get Ethan Hunt or a Mission Impossible movie without Ethan Hunt unless Tom Cruise is ready to hang it no, up. Aside, <laughs> aside from the hype problem, he plays the role with, with a oh, lot yeah. of intensity. Oh, yeah. uh, so. I, I remember the second one was okay. The first one I enjoyed. Yeah, I like the first one a lot. Yeah. Not the yeah. second one. I, I, yeah. It got boring. Yeah. But, um, um, he couldn't redeem that one. You know what, though? What? Finally this week. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Finally this week. I don't have Sean to give me the towel. I need to just hold back. <laughs> <laughs> so so speaking of redemption, and this is um, out of tragedy. cool. Out of strategy, uh, tragedy, this is uh, one of my favorite stories. Uh, redemption for Assassin's Creed Unity. That's sort of my own spin on it, but <clears throat> nevertheless, following the Not devastating redemption, though. No, following the devastating news regarding Notre Dame in Paris, Ubisoft has decided to donate five hundred thousand euros. Euros. It might have been million. I might have mistyped that. No, I think it, that's that no. It's not. Ha- right. It's not half a billion. <laughs> Sorry. Remember, 500,000 uh, yeah, 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 euro yeah. converted dollars 500, is like yeah. 500,000 euros to help with restoration and reconstruction. On a much smaller scale, they are donating Assassin's Creed Unity for free on PC via Uplay in honor of the famed Cathedral. According to Ubisoft's official website, quote, as the smoke clears on the events that unfolded on Monday at the Notre Dame de Paris, we stand in solidarity with our fellow Parisians and everyone around the world moved by the devastation the fire caused. Notre Dame, <clears throat> sorry, Notre Dame is an integral part of Paris, a city to which we are deeply connected. Seeing the monument in peril like this affected us all, in quote. And I got to tell you. Um, and for I, the record, John, yeah. Notre Dame is in yeah. South Bend, Indiana. That's right. That's right. <laughs> ha ha. So <clears throat> I, was, um, I was surprised that seeing that, 
that iconic cathedral burn affect me so mm-hmm. much, but it did. It well, really did. And partly, you know, was, it might've been, it had, might've had a lot to do with the fact that this game actually, and this series of games connects me to places that I will likely never be able to visit. Sure. And one of the stories that came out of this, uh, I read a couple of articles is, um, and to me, one of the cooler aspects of this story is there's a possibility that the rebuilders, yeah, the renovators gonna... of Notre Dame are going to be looking to the modeling that was done for Assassin's Creed yeah, Unity, they said which they took did, um... which took two years of development to get this, and and the designer of it had all the mm-hmm. artwork placed in the appropriate places, and and just brick by brick, mm-hmm. there was so much detail to that. To they that did model like a full the scan of the building. Yeah, and so this could. There's just. I read a lot of articles that this game, that at the time, yeah, was a PR nightmare. Yeah, it was for, bad for Ubisoft. Um, might have a different legacy after this, Maybe. and I just thought it was. I just thought it was really cool because, regardless of what you say about this particular game, mm-hmm. these games, one of the reasons I, I love these games so much is that they take me places that I know I'm never going to be able to see probably in my lifetime. So I just thought that was a really cool John, story. We can, we can go to Paris if you want. <laughs> you and me. <laughs> yeah. Just me and you. We'll have a, we'll, we'll make a, 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 a vlog for it, for, for the YouTube page. Only if you call Chris me, and- only if you call me piss pot, <laughs> piss pot. <laughs> Come on, piss pot. Let's go Eiffel tower. Now. Piss pot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was really cool to see it. Um, yeah. it was a really unique thing to watch last week because it's like, <clears throat> that used to happen a lot more, right? Like where you'd have this very historic place that just had been around for centuries, all of a sudden just disappear overnight because, yeah. you know, of course, back in the day, especially like London and Chicago, uh, Paris too, and cities, yeah, if a fire started, it could spread very quickly and do a lot of damage. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's very weird to finally see that in your time in the modern age, just cause it does not happen that much. Right. So it was, it was, it was very it was chilling. Very jarring. Yeah. Like sure. if you think of it like, Wow, that, that I'm sitting there that, going. That's like how something like the Library of Alexandria disappears off the face of the earth. It's just there's a fire. I'm sitting you know. here. I'm sitting here going, you know, and, and no doubt the the emergency professionals were probably doing a fantastic job. I'm sitting there going, "Hurry up! Hurry up! Put it Save out! Put it, it out! <laughs> it's on. still on fire, people!" You know, uh, just it was heartbreaking. Well, you know what's heartbreaking now. Coming to the end of the news. You wanna, you wanna wrap this up? Just to be safe. Never. Electronic mail from the future. You don't someone, have to say it. I mean, someone has to. Okay. I guess. I don't know how it works. Uh, if you want to write your thoughts in to Weekly Games Chat, you can do so by writing them to weeklygameschat at gmail.com. That's weeklygameschat at gmail.com. If this email opens up, I will be able to tell you, uh-oh, something's not right. To the phone. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? I uh, know. Apparently, uh, apparently Gmail is crashing on this as we speak. Uh, let's try again. Let's try this again. Maybe it'll open now. 
Or what if I did like, nope, nope, can't even do a right click. You think Sean, you know, hacked, this, Sean hacked in? Yeah, Sean decided to sabotage us. That'd be <laughs> hilarious. <clears throat> Let me try. All right, let's see here. Now I've got to actually find where the email was. What date did that come out? 17th? Yeah. There's the first one. Gmail says something's not right. Yeah, now Gmail's failing. Uh, just like Matt or T. Matty did. <laughs> I want to make sure I got his name pronounced. He says, uh, thank you, sirs, for 200. Here are my five memorable gaming moments in no particular order. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I played games since I was five years old. That would be 1990. Started with Amiga and moved to PC. In OSX, PS4 was the first console I ever bought. Nice. First up, we got completing the Golden Axe together with a friend. We used to play this game a lot and died a lot, but we got better and we finally faced the end boss. A few tries and we managed to beat it, only to realize that we have <laughs> another boss to f boss fight to face. It took a while, but we managed to beat the game and we were super proud of our accomplishment later on. I learned that only some versions of the game you had to fight the true and end boss Deathbringer. Deathbringer. Um, next up is beating XCOM 2 War of the Chosen. Wow, yeah. Nice. That was impressive. XCOM 2 was the first in the series I played when it was released on the Mac. I finished it quite fast and purchased all the DLC as, for, as soon as I could, uh, but I never finished them. Then at some point, the game was free on PlayStation Plus this winter. I was looking for games that I could play while I was doing easy triathlon training. Shh, gloat much? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Um, dang, I just lost my place. That's what I get for, for making quips, right? It's okay. Um, cool. turns out or turns out the turn based games are plausible. Uh, I purchased the WOTC expansion on PS4 and played through it in a couple of weeks. A game where I need to think my every decision is so rewarding. Also, I hate games where you need dexterity skills with a controller. Might give it a try on Iron Man later. Oh. Sid Meier's Civilization. That is a great one right there. I was six when this masterpiece was first released. I didn't know any English at the time. He's from Finland. Uh, and took it while or while learning to master the game. It was simple enough that you could play and enjoy it. But once you were able to pick some words from here and there and learn the game mechanics, it became super rewarding. The game is maybe the game that has teached me more than any other game. I learned English and also managed to go through 12 years of history class as I already knew 60 to 70% of everything because of the Civ series. That is very true. You can learn a lot about history in those games. Uh, playing Hotline Miami. Hey, second time that's come up today. Uh, ah, sorry, I'm like doing two things at once here. But uh, this game, oh, Richard, I started to play this game and I instantly remembered the feeling of playing similar games in school in the library with my classmates back in the 90s. There's something in this game that just brings all those good moments back to my mind. In the soundtrack, one of the best video game soundtracks ever, the story of Hotline Miami is also very good if you have the patience to figure it out. And finally, we got Final Fantasy VIII's cutscenes. I played through Final Fantasy VIII uh, at my friend's place on PlayStation. That game was my favorite game for a long time. And one of the top games still to this day. Later on, I got Final Fantasy VIII on PC, and oh boy, the cutscenes. They were out of this world. 
and they were so beautifully accompanied with a great soundtrack. All I could think was uh, like how games in the future would look so awesome, and we are now at that point. Games like Horizon Zero Dawn are eye candy from the very beginning to the very end. Final Fantasy VIII is where I saw the first glimpse of the future. And he says some honorable mentions are the ultimate challenge on Football Manager. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he finally closes with Game On. Game On. Game On, Maddie. Let me see if I can, like, actually just pull this up now where it will work because I hate reading from that phone when I do this. Uh, Wonderful radio. God, you complain a lot. No, apparently I'm just not able to run this right now. I guess. Do it. Nope. Do it. It would have already loaded. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, next up. You want to read it? No. You can't have my phone. I won't. I won't pull up your pics. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they are. <laughs> uh, next up, though, we've got an email from Adam. He says, What's up, Adam? A selfish shout out request to a new listener. Hey guys, Adam here. Otherwise known as the pretentious D-bag who claimed God of War wasn't great a few uh, great art a few weeks back. We never called you that, did we? Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I doubt we, we did. did. But like he said, I remember that email. Like it was very. I, I think very about involved. it often, actually. <laughs> Funny story. After you guys read my email on the show, I quickly informed my best friend Derek about it, which subs- subsequently promoted him to listen, or I'm sorry, prompted him to listen to the episode. And he has been a loyal listener ever since. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Each week since we have discussed each episode of the show and laugh out loud, Sean, 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 none of those correct, Adam, none of those. (laughs) And John Secura horror stories. Again, didn't spell John right either. (laughs) It's okay. Um, No, John, it's not okay. I think he's talking about that text this message D-bag exchange. bash God of War's art. <laughs> Come on. And now you just want to suck his Richard because he brought us one listener? Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Darn right I do. <laughs> um, he's my closest and dearest friend, and ever since I moved from California to Idaho, ooh, that's a change, uh, in 2015, he and I have stayed in touch exclusively through our love of games. The likes of Overwatch and a number of other games have almost made it seem like we're never really, uh, we've never really spent any time apart, which I'm deeply, greatly uh, grateful for. So please give it up on the show for Derek Balls. <laughs> he knows what it means. And his lovely wife, uh, Ashley, along with their newest addition, Theodore Teddy Glassic. Uh, don't know if you want to read the last name. Oh, too late now. I should have said that beforehand. <laughs> uh, thanks for everything, guys. Much love, Adam Watson. Thank you, Adam. And just a you know, just a fun fact about me: most of my family, if not all of them, is from California. It's so weird to yeah. hear you say that. My dad was born in Whittier. My mother was born in Tulare. If they only knew. If they only knew. If they only knew. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to mess with Sean's Twitter because he yells at me whenever I do it. Yeah. You don't do it right. No, I don't. And he'll be here this Monday to uh, read your, you know, mentions and likes and all that. But of course, (laughs) as always, we are on the social media. So find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and you can find a link on both of those to our discord server. Consistently growing. Great place. We are having wonderful, uh, uh, conversations about a multitude of topics, different rooms that you can go chat about. I know we got one in there for the MCU, so I'm sure that will be uh, blowing off uh, this weekend. Uh, and it's actually been really nice for the Game of Thrones room because, like, after the episode, I can just run and start. When all the uh, memes start pouring out, I can just start. I have a place to put them all. 
because I don't really want to put them on my Twitter or Facebook because I can't hide the spoiler part to them. <laughs> and I don't want to be that guy right now. This like, is almost as bad as college football season. Right. Which speaking of college football, shout out to your to your coach. He oh, yeah. had successful Hip's hip replacement surgery today. Yeah. Everything very important. Good. Very important. But uh, Chris, I think this if if NPR had a lit office party. Yeah. That would be this episode. This would definitely be our Tiny Desk concert series. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but that said, as always, this has been episode 200, uh, or I'm sorry, 201. Well, yeah, we we're there. working on the next 200. That's right. 199 to go, John. Sean's not going to make it, though. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you like the show, subscribe to us again on the social medias. And, of course, subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast service you use. And you will get a new episode just like this one. Uh, maybe not in NPR format next Wednesday and every Wednesday afterwards, unless we take a week off. Uh, if while you're there, you really like the show, make sure to give us a rating or a review. Helps people find us. John gets upset when you don't give him five stars. Uh, and then I have to hear about it. So please, for the love of God, if you haven't rated the podcast and you really like us, go give a five star. Review, um, if you want to interact with us more, I exclusively always stream on Monday, but usually John and Sean do join in. If not both, at least one of them, they're always welcome in the discord to chat. Even if I'm not playing something they're playing, uh, and you can see that on Twitch TV, except for this upcoming Monday, because we will be recording the show. Maybe, maybe we'll stream. I don't know. We could stream the episode. I don't know. We'll see. We got we'll see. time to think about it. Yeah. I'll, I'll think about it and see if that's possible. I don't know. Sky's the limit, man. Yeah. Anything's possible. Right? We do it. Um, <laughs> do it, guys. Just, Just do, do it. it. Just do it. Uh, but you know, Probably instead, the stream will be this Tuesday if we do not do a live stream, and it'll be at 8 p.m. I'm sure I'll probably be playing Days Gone. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the good thing is is that Sean and John could come in and also talk about Days Gone and what they're doing, too. Yeah. Uh, though they probably don't want to hear from me because they'll be like, oh, he's ahead of me. <laughs> I don't know. Don't like that. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> uh, but until next time, I will say happy... Uh, Happy, you know, end game viewing for those going out this weekend for it. Oh, apparently 120 million of you already bought tickets. So, um, or at least in sales, that's what it is. Right. Yeah. Now they're saying, uh, so I hope everyone enjoys and, and doesn't cry when Iron Man dies. Cause you pick cap. I'm definitely going Iron Man. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never let go cap. <laughs> He's given us so much more than cap. Three movies. <laughs> There's three cat movies, and collectively, they're all better. Is Civil War really a Captain America movie? No, it's an Avengers movie. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but, you know, until next time, I'll simply say, game on, John. Game on, Chrissy Poo. Game on, Sean, wherever you are. You want to tell him game on, or you, do you not like him? Game on, Sean, you want to. Are we going to eat some Chipotle now? Yeah, we are. It's going to be good. Yeah. F you, Sean. <laughs> I'm going to know what I'm going to gaze into your eyes. Mm. And, yeah, never, and we're never going to break contact. Oh, gosh. It's going to be so good. This is very central into this podcast. <laughs> uh, game on Penny, who has been whining the whole entire time. She is. Game on to whoever's car freaking broke down and That's was right. just blaring this whole entire episode. Uh, your mom's box. Peace out, everybody. Bug life. There we go. Bug life.